Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Sure Top Roofing presents the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, Shingles and Materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And welcome. I'm Eric Smith, and across from me, your host, Donnie Blanchard of SureTop Roofing. How you doing, Donnie? Doing great. How are you? Doing great. Kids are back in school. That routine is going once again. Uh, Wake County school students start very soon, I guess all across the state, next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. What is the Carolina Contractor Show about? It's about recipes. And today, Donnie's going to show us his recipe for cornbread muffins. <laughs> I actually left that at home. Sorry. Okay, well, let's talk about houses and construction be better. and things like that. You can see what we've talked about in the past by going to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Last week, we talked about Aero Seal, which is a duct sealing process, and it's fascinating. What was the, what we call the glue? Fog uh, glue? F- glue fog. Glue fog. <laughs> and also building on a heavily wooded lot, and Donnie also talked about wrought iron handrails and what you can do to paint them or you can actually coat them so they'll last longer and you don't have to take care of painting them. Again, the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. What we do on a regular basis is talk about your house inside and out from the roof to the ground, walls, siding, things on the inside, appliances, things not directly attached to your house, swimming pools. But today, kind of a little different. It's how everything in your house gets done. Labor. When you have a project to do at your house, you might hire a contractor. If you're getting a new roof, like from SureTop Roofing, he needs the labor that he has. So we're going to talk about the labor shortage that we have. But first explain, Donnie, for your business, SureTop Roofing, and maybe the industry in general, how labor affects you doing your job. Well, it seems that there's more work than workers out there. And when I say workers, that means qualified workers. Personally speaking, with SureTop, we've really been blessed. I have a lot of folks working for me who've been with us for over a decade, and everybody's trained, they're experienced for all the the warranty requirements, and they're just well-versed in construction as a whole. We just don't have any problems right now accommodating everything that comes with us, but I'll take my roofer hat off and put my contractor hat on. In terms of building a house, uh, there are so many more trades involved than just roofing, and most trades out there are affected by not having enough qualified workers to handle the amount of work that comes in on a daily basis. So basically what that says is our economy is attempting to grow, but it can't just because we can't get the jobs done. I know that I saw a statistic that said that a lot of contractors turn jobs away just because they don't have the labor to support the job and they don't want to get in over their head. And today's topic really caught my attention because recently there was a congressman in Pennsylvania who proposed a couple of bills. That's right. One of the bills that he proposed was called the USA Workforce Tax Credit Act. And here's Mm -hmm. how it would work, basically. You can make a charitable donation to an organization of your choice. When you make ties to your church or to a local food pantry or a shelter, when you do your taxes, you can write off charitable donations. Well, this bill would be the same thing. You would be able to make a donation to an apprenticeship that's based in your community, a workforce development program, career and technical educational programs that have been approved by the government, you can make charitable donation to those places and they will train people, put them in apprenticeships, 
train them on a trade, be it plumbing or electrical or general labor, so you can have more of a labor force out there that is already entry level. I think the number that they put on this was $2 billion that was set aside for this program, and approximately one half of that was earmarked for apprenticeships and other job preparation programs. So I would assume the other half is going to be directed towards education. But in my world, what this tells me is that basically they are giving us a tax write-off to train the people who eventually step up into these positions that need to be filled. Yeah, and let's give some of the numbers to so people can quantify the labor shortage. 79% of construction companies planned on expanding their workforces this year, but that same percentage was concerned that they wouldn't be able to find enough workers to meet their needs. So this is what Donnie was talking about a few minutes ago. It's not an issue of wanting to grow or having jobs. It's finding that trained labor. And then here was a, this was a fascinating statistic. Wells Fargo Securities reported 47% of companies responding to its latest construction industry forecast survey said that, quote, finding qualified workers was their top concern and 35% of those companies believed it was the biggest risk their business faced. Not liquidity, not the economy, having people to work who were qualified to work. And there was another stat there, Donnie, that was amazing. 40% of contractors turn down projects because they don't have the trained labor to do the job. That's an enormous number. The headcount that got my attention the most was the fact that there are 6.7 million unfilled jobs in the United States, and there are 6.6 million Americans who could fill these jobs. Now, that's not to say that they would be qualified for each and every job, and it has to be the right fit, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the 6.7 million available jobs just about fit the same amount of people who are out there looking for work. And the biggest issue is, again, it's, it's due to a lack of training. It's not necessarily because people don't want to work the job, and I think that's kind of a myth that has been perpetrated on the general public, well, there's just jobs that Americans don't want to do. No, there's a lot of jobs that they don't have the qualifications to do. You can't just hire anybody to do roofing. You've got to have a skill. Framing, concrete, plumbing, electrical, there's so many things that require certifications along with that training. So when we say there are jobs that people don't want to do, there are fantastic jobs, good-paying jobs, jobs with benefits, but you have to have training. Mm-hmm. And This bill, again, if it became law, would allow you to make charitable donations to government-authorized training facilities like community colleges and apprenticeships that would train people to be able to have a good-paying job that they can make a career out of. And what do people do when they have jobs, Donnie? They build houses. They buy cars. They just get things going again. and uh, They pay taxes. There you are. Their kids go to their school. They become invested in their community. So helping train people to learn a skill or trade is beneficial to everybody. The other thing is we've talked about before is my wife works with Wilson Early College. And what this is is a ninth through 12th grade program. Many counties in the state have it, and it's across the country. You go in in ninth grade, and you have the same classes you would if you went to a normal high school. But you also take courses at the community college. Some of the courses these kids can choose to take are for mechanical engineering, Mm -hmm. plumbing, HVAC, auto repair. Mm -hmm. You can come out with an associate's degree and a high school diploma. You're now entry-level trained. It doesn't cost any more for them to go to this school. Uh, One of the kids in our church went to it, graduated with his high school diploma and ASE certification. 
got a job a week later with a dealership repairing cars. Mm -hmm. He was 18 years old, fully employed with benefits. Not much difference what this would do for construction and the industry in general. Would you agree with that? I do. And it sounds like they're really ahead of the curve and there's tangible evidence that, that it's working. It sounds like they're cranking out folks left and right and they're, they're duplicating something on a smaller level that they're going for. And if you just tuned in, what we're covering is a bill that was proposed by a congressman in Pennsylvania that would allow a tax credit that would allow employers to donate to these training facilities or educational facilities, and they could have that as a write-off, which would in turn yield more skilled labor. And the genius of all this is that it provides a smaller business a way to redirect a portion of their tax payment to solve one of the greatest challenges that they have, which is the lack of trained entry-level employees. And here's another way to look at how beneficial this is. You might have people that are currently in, a, in the workforce working a minimum wage job. They have no upward mobility. Mm-hmm. They've peaked. They could go to classes at night or do an apprenticeship on the weekend with somebody, say a plumber's apprenticeship that this tax credit benefits. Mm -hmm. This person works a part-time job, but on the weekends, he does an apprenticeship with a plumbing company. They train him. They teach him the ropes. And then at the school and the classes, he can get his certifications or advanced training, never having to quit his current job. Mm -hmm. And then when he's ready... He can go join this company, this plumbing company, or it could be electrical. And a lot of these companies also offer sign-on bonuses. They say, if you'll sign with us and work with us, we'll give you X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And you can go from a part-time job with no benefits to earning a real salary, Mm -hmm. benefits, 401K, and the investment is small. It allows you to hit the ground running, so to speak. Yeah, and it's very important. Donnie and I have talked about our kids. As a parent, you're always thinking of the future. I have no problem with kids going to four-year colleges, and I prefer my doctor and my lawyers have those degrees. (laughs) But if your kids have a desire to work in plumbing, construction, electrical, jobs that are looked down upon incorrectly, in my opinion, they're vital to the economy. I agree. You have to have them. And today, you can make as much as an electrician or a plumber as you can an accountant with a bank. There's great money, and it's an honorable thing to do. And I think we need to also address the fact that looking down on people who have what we call blue-collar jobs have always been, well, that's a, he's a blue-collar worker. Right. No, it's a hard worker who earns good money, and it's the majority of labor in the country. That's right. Our economy is in the best shape we've seen since we unleashed this tax reform, and we've eliminated a lot of regulatory burdens. Now we've got to build on that progress, and implementation is going to be the key. If this thing passes – getting it out there and getting folks to approach these training opportunities and educational opportunities and apprenticeships, that's going to be the key is just getting these folks out and participating. And I really think it's a big step in the right direction. So, again, if you're just catching this, we're talking about a bill proposed by a congressman in Pennsylvania. It was uh, Lloyd Smucker, and it's called the USA Workforce Tax Credit. And basically it allows charitable donations for community-based apprenticeships and workforce development, career and technical educational programs. And this would train people to come in the workforce who currently lack a trained entry-level education. Donnie, you going to put this up on the website? I am. I'm telling you, we just scratched the surface of this. There's a whole bunch of stuff in it, but you can go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and he'll have the information posted there, the links. But we both kind of think this is a really worthy cause. It's Mm -hmm. worth investing in. You're investing in your community and the labor force. And the only thing that happens when you have a well-trained labor force is a better economy, better workers, more people employed, just overall a great thing to have. All right, coming up next, we're going to take questions from listeners who also went to thecarolinacontractor.com. You can do it yourself. 
Visit thecarolinacontractor.com, click on the little button, fill out the information, ask your question. Donnie reads them all, and he is known for calling you back or contacting you to come check out the problem in person if he's got time. So go to thecarolinacontractor.com to submit your question and hang on, because in just a minute, we're going to answer some of those questions. We'll be back with more of the Carolina Contractor presented by SureTop Roofing. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard, presented by SureTop Roofing. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And this is our favorite time of the show. It's questions from listeners just like you. Go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. There's a little form to fill out there. And Donnie Blanchard of SureTop Roofing answers all those questions. He's the one that gets them. He's what we call the brains of the operation. I don't know about that. All right. So our first question, Donnie, are you ready? I am. Yes, right. sir. Do we have a prize this week? Um, yeah, we're actually, in all reality, we do have a prize. We're going to post some tickets to Wet n Wild uh, on our social media site. We have a Facebook page. We're going to post those tickets up, and if you would share the link, we're going to get with a family, and I think we have about seven tickets to give away before the weather changes. Wow, that's very cool. I usually am just being a smart aleck. I know. I, tell you. I know. I had something ready for you this week. <laughs> Question number one, we want to have gas logs installed. What is your recommendation between vented and vent-free? And I want to know the answer to this question because mm-hmm. we have an unused fireplace in our playroom. Right. So. Well, I'll dive right in. This is a wintertime question, but no time like the present to go ahead and get this worked out. Um, vented is what you see traditionally with gas logs, and a vented fireplace is just that. In most cases, it vents out of the back of a house. So if you're in a subdivision and you see this shiny silver vent coming out of the back of the house, that's probably to service some gas logs. But um, a couple of the major differences besides the venting is that a vented fireplace has a higher dancing flame, so it resembles a real fire for the most part, whereas the vent-free basically has a lower flame. It's not very realistic, and it doesn't dance, of course, so um, it still does the trick, but it's not as good as the look of the vented fireplace. Uh, One drawback of the vented fireplace is that all the heat produced goes out of that said vent, and so with a vent-free, virtually 99% of the heat produced goes into the room. A good way to think about that is it operates similar to what your range in your kitchen does. It produces heat. It just doesn't produce any exhaust, so same concept. Um, the drawback of that is that it pulls oxygen out of the house. So it's got to feed that fire and the oxygen that it gets has to come from within the home. So going back to the vented fireplace, it pulls its oxygen from outside, which is a little more ideal. Now, I have vented in my house because vent free hadn't come as far as they are today when we built our house. But, um, I'm, I'm a fan of the vented with the exception of the insulation. I take a thermal imaging camera through my house and check it every so often and kind of creepy. It, it is a little bit. I, I try to do it when no one's home, but, um, it, if you, if you aim that thermal imaging camera at a vented gas fireplace, you can tell that there's a lot of heat loss there. So when we talk about these incredibly efficient houses and heat loss is something that 
you've gone above and beyond to prevent, then vent-free may be the best option. You always hear that vent-free doesn't smell good. And I've actually heard from somebody that it reminded them of their grandmother's house, so they like that smell. But uh, and talking <laughs> What if with, your grandmother had a weird smell like mine? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe nostalgia overpowers the efficiency. <laughs> I don't know. But um, I think that the vent-free is, is certainly safe. And if there were drawbacks or any kind of danger, then, of course, all that would have been addressed by now. So um, I think vent-free may be the way to go, especially if you don't have an adequate area to run the pipes for the ventilation. It just makes things a lot easier. And in talking to my rep that I buy my fireplaces from, he said that they've really done a lot to cut down on that smell. So there's virtually no smell if you get a decent unit these days. So I can tell you right now, when I get home, my wife will say, so we're getting a vent-free fireplace put in? I heard the show. Yep. yep. I can't get in trouble for any kind of honeydews that might arise from what we talk about on the show, just as a disclaimer. That's part of life. TheCarolinaContractor.com is where you can submit your questions to Donnie Blanchard of SureTop Roofing. Question numero dos. We are thinking of changing our homeowner's insurance company, even though it's hurricane season. What do you recommend? And we are in the the thickest part of hurricane season, though it's quiet right now. Right. Well, change the company now. Go ahead and do your research. And the one thing that I advise folks on is don't go with the bigger insurance companies that you see on TV with every other advertisement on the commercials. A lot of times uh, there are agencies out there that will represent as many as 30 individual insurance companies, which are all smaller companies. And I'm a bigger fan of that because you can go to this particular agent and out of those 20 or 30 companies they represent, there's one of those companies that's going to be a really good fit for you. Uh, we used to use one of the giant companies, as I call them. There's about four major players there. But um, when you deal with them, you only deal with their rates and whatever's corporate's decided on for that time of the year. So basically, they just don't have the power or the wiggle room to give you as, as good of a rate as a smaller company can. The other thing that most people don't know is um, these larger companies, they use in-house adjusters, or the term is called staff adjusters, and say they are an employee of that company and they're on a salary. They get paid the same thing whether they come out and take care of you, and they get paid the same thing whether they come out and approve or deny your claim, whereas these smaller companies don't have the money internally to keep these staff adjusters uh, employed year-round because if there's no disaster or damage in that area, there's just nothing for those staff adjusters to do. So most of those will have a smaller amount of folks on staff to do claims, but should a hurricane or a hailstorm hit, they bring these folks on board that are called self-employed adjusters. And back in my 20s, I did a few runs of self-employed adjuster work. I got my license, and after a hurricane would hit, they would deploy me to an area, and I may work for three or four different companies the difference between a self-employed adjuster and a staff adjuster is that often these self-employed adjusters are on a fee schedule. That fee schedule is based on how much they pay you as the insured. So basically, if they pay $10,000 out, then they make $400. If they pay $15,000 out, they make $500. So their incentive is to do right by you, the insured, whereas the other folks are on a fixed salary and they don't have the same incentive to do the payout to take care of the insured. One other thing on this, Donnie, we talked about, and that is a hurricane is coming and some people try to adjust their insurance or they try to buy insurance, but there can be a cutoff date for that. And I couldn't remember the phrase. Yep. My agent will call me when there's a hurricane looming out in the Atlantic when they restrict his ability to bind coverage. So they will call all the agents that represent their company and they'll say, hey, from this day forward, you no longer have the authority to bind coverage or open a new policy for anyone until this hurricane has dissipated. So don't wait for a hurricane to be turning in the Atlantic no. to do your insurance. Go ahead and get it done now because you could find yourself without it or not having enough coverage. Question number three submitted to the CarolinaContractor.com website. Our house sits at a lower elevation than the street. 
So we have a problem with water running into our garage during a heavy downpour and standing water after the rain. What can we do? I live in Wilson, and you drive around Raleigh Road. You see this on many, mm-hmm. many driveways. Unfortunately, it's a problem. And I actually went out personally and took a look at this to see what they had going on. And, of course, they were lower than the road, so you get a big rainstorm. The first thing I wanted to check was the storm drainage that's actually tied to the street. So there should be a hump between the street and your driveway that will route all the water that's running down the street, you know, away from your house and not down your driveway. Mm -hmm. Well, what was going on with this one is they had a pretty long driveway and the amount of runoff that accumulated between the top of the driveway and their house was just an overwhelming volume. So basically the only thing we can do in this situation, and this sounds like major surgery, but it isn't, is put a French drain in. So we're going to have to cut their concrete and we'll put a French drain in down at the bottom of the driveway. This will route any of that water that comes rushing down the driveway off to the side and while I was there, I did another walk around just to make sure that their downspouts were properly draining and that they had positive drainage. I think the building code says that you have to have 10 foot of positive drainage in every direction, and it's six inches in that 10 feet, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that's often hard to achieve when your house is sitting downhill from the street. But another thing I noticed is that their downspout that was located in the middle of the house was dumping an enormous amount of water from the roof out into that. So that was compounding the problem from the driveway runoff. So what we're going to do is pipe that underground and around to the back of the house. So we'll solve at least half the problem with that, and the French drain should take care of the other half. Would you call a French maid to clean a French drain? I've never thought about it that way, but they seem qualified. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll do some testing at home and let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> Get back to me on that. Yep. Next question submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com. We like the idea of a conditioned crawl space, but we currently have a traditional vented crawl space. Can that be retrofitted? We've talked a lot about these. Mm -hmm. Quick synopsis of the difference between a conditioned and vented before you answer the question. Right. If you do the... um the condition crawl space, it's better to be done when the house is under construction. After that, you know, everything's been in there for a while and it's just kind of nasty. There's often trash and things that are left over from the construction process. You've got ductwork, insulation, air handlers, and that sort of thing to compete with. Uh, with a vented crawl space, of course, you just have your vents around the perimeter and they're spaced out according to building code. But um, to retrofit one of these, I'd say the biggest drawback is the cost because going back in there and changing what already was of course, costs more money. And if you have the ability to do this while the house is under construction, it's often cleaner, drier, and that sort of thing. But um, the the answer is still yes, you can retrofit these. Uh, the one thing that you do is, of course, put plastic down if it's not already there. If it is there, chances are that it's not the proper thickness. So I recommend always going back with an 8 or a 10 mil plastic, with 6 mil being the minimum. Uh, you turn the poly or the plastic up the walls, and, of course, you leave it down at least one brick from the framing members, and that's for termite treatment purposes. Uh, you then cover that with a form of insulation, which is awfully, which is often a rigid insulation, and that rigid insulation needs to be at least an R10 is the building code requirement. Um, lastly, you want to make sure that that thing has a positive drain. Should any water or anything get in there, it's got to get out, and the thing that really makes this all work is a dehumidification system. You need to invest in a decent dehumidifier, and of course that water from the dehumidifier has to be piped out similar to a condensation drain that you would see with your HVAC unit. All right, we got time for one more question. This one, I recently cleaned out our gutters, and there appears to be a blockage in the downspout. How can I clear that out myself? I got this one. All right, go for it. Couple of M80s. That is definitely one way. Yes, sir. I'm guaranteeing you it will clear it. And if you need <laughs> 10 or 12, 
Go for more, it, right? More work done. I don't know how compatible aluminum and M80s are, but uh, that's the best way to find out. So well, The question was yeah. simple. How do I clear it out? <laughs> but you probably have a better, safer way. So, so that's one way. The alternative would be um, these downspouts often come in 10-foot sections. So even if you had to put a ladder against the house and go up a couple of sections, I would start with the bottom, and usually you can pop the elbow off, and there's not a screw or any kind of fitting on there. If there is a screw, usually it's just a short little half-inch screw, and you can take a flathead screwdriver out there. And my recommendation is to take that off piece by piece and start from the bottom and work up where the blockage most commonly is, is up at the top. Go up to the 10-foot section, and usually there's a strap around there. Remove the screw that goes through the strap and into the downspout, and just keep going up and work those 10-foot sections off. And as you work those off, you can take a water hose, clean them out on the ground, and, and put that back in little to no time at all. It's a really easy fix. There you go. If you have a question for Donnie of Sure Top Roofing, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. And coming up on some future shows, uh, we'll be talking about how to get your house and your property ready for fall and winter, winterizing, I guess. Also, I might be doing a project in a couple months, and I'm going to take pictures and stuff. I'm thinking about putting a um, new fireplace door in our living room Ooh. as an anniversary gift. Let's do it. Wait, be sure the wife isn't listening. That would spoil it. <laughs> if you have a question, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Donnie, I appreciate, as usual, you coming in to do the show. Yes, sir. And also, if you have any questions about your roof, do I need a new roof? Do I need work on it? If you've looked at it and there's something that just doesn't look right, call Donnie. Contact suretoproofing.com. He can come out there and give you an expert opinion on your roof tell you if you just need some repairs, replacement, if you've got damage. And again, with hurricane season being in full swing, the biggest issue of a hurricane or a tropical storm is not necessarily wind. It's the water and the rain, and it just can cause so many problems inside your house if your roof isn't done correctly. So contact SureTopRoofing.com because the best thing you can tell them, Donnie, is what? Your roof is great. Call me next year. All right, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Carolina Contractor, presented by SureTop Roofing. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com and tune in next Saturday as we continue to help make your home great again. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.